you're listening to one of the Wellness Couch podcasts, obviously you're interested in health and nutrition and probably want to know more. My good friend Sunil Mera from Up for a Chat and the Functional Nutritional Academy presents to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect kickstarter to help you gain knowledge and get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more, to get access to one of the world's leader in nutrition, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. wellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives this is inside the champion's mind with your hosts lawrence and karen tam welcome to inside the champion's mind a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in life love and legacy we're your hosts lawrence and karen tam what's a interesting day today today is my 40 second birthday 42 today it's very exciting because not only is it my 42nd birthday today it is also the anniversary of when you and i met 21 years ago 21 years ago that's a long time when i was 12 when you, <laughs> no that would make it illegal <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> come on i think might work <laughs> yeah, that did not work out yeah <laughs> So basically what it is, is that 21 years is significant because this is the final, I've been waiting for this point, right? For a long time, because (laughs) it is officially, it is officially now that we have known each other for half our life. Is that that like champagne or diamonds or something then? It's not champagne because it gives you headaches and I don't drink. So, uh, diamonds, diamonds, then it is. is. Damn it. I walked walked right into that. How did I walk right into that? (laughs) Oh yeah. So it's a, it's a really great day. And, um, you know, it's been a fascinating 21 years with you and I'm, I'm just looking forward to much, much more, but we were just chatting today about, you know, what's, what's the things have changed in the last 21 years. I imagine, I imagine that I mean, I think I haven't changed at all, uh, physically or emotionally. <laughs> I thought you were talking about stuff like, okay, we've got email now. We didn't have email well, when we first started. Well, dating. we did have it email. It was just sort starting. Of it just was like started. very dark space, but you were not going there. You were going to yeah. us personally. Yes. That's right. Mindset stuff. Very well, good. no, like the thing is, is that for us, when we first started, um, like uh, as a 21 year old, I mean, think back, like, I thought we were quite old when we first started dating, but, uh, you know, we, it's an interesting time because for us at uh, 21, we would have a certain type of mindset of what we were, would like in our life and what we were striving for. Um, and obviously those things have changed, but you mentioned something really, really interesting today. You said, what did personality. I say? I well, well, personality is very different to, I guess, behavior, behavior. or skill sets because your personality is pretty much set in place. Mm-hmm. There was being um, like one study in particular, I think it looked at about a thousand children in uh, New Zealand and it looked at their personality at age three and then followed them for 20 years and looked at their personality in 20, when they were 23 years old. And basically your personality stays the same. Mm. And that's, I guess that to me, that's one of the really main reasons I've always agree with this, that I feel really strongly in why I really wanted to be at home with the kids because your personality is pretty much set in stone before the age of five. By the time you get to about four or five years old, the influences that you have of your environment, the people in it, the time that's spent with you develops your personality. 
And then that's what you're stuck with basically for the rest of your life. Now, I know not everybody has that opportunity to stay at home with their children as much or to spend that amount of time. But I remember when I was studying psychology, that was so profound to me that I thought if I can do nothing else, if I could just spend as much time as possible with my kids during that formative time of their lives, because Mm -hmm. this is what they're going to be for the rest of their life. And, you know, I want to influence and have a bit of a control. I was going to say control. That sounds horrible, but I want to influence the type of person they're going to grow up to be and how they're going to be in the world. Hmm. I didn't actually know that 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 was the reason why it was so strongly in you to become like to stay at home with, with the kids. Well, I wanted to retire and not work. I don't like working, but (laughs) (laughs) no, no, but it's, it's, it was really a really strong, a strong thing in me when I thought, wow, Hmm. like, I I just couldn't turn my kids over to somebody else. And I don't know how they're going to behave around my children Mm. and how that's going to program their brain to affect their personality for the rest of their life. Mm. Like I'm not perfect. I've probably screwed my kids up, but if I'm, if anybody's going to screw them up, I'm going to be the one who's going to screw them up. I want to do the best job that I possibly can to help who they are going to become. Yeah. And I thought that's really interesting because, you know, really from a personality point of view, you also mentioned like from like that kind of stays you know, who we are, like for us, like for me and you, like what we truly, truly value, yeah. I don't think has changed, no. you know, our like the integrity part of ourselves or, you know, certain things that about us, like the essence of who I am and who you are really hasn't changed. What has changed is maybe what we strive for, um, what we look for, you know, obviously as technology changes, environment changes, but really the essence of who we are hasn't changed. That's, that's, pretty much how we were 21 years ago is basically the same as who we are now. And that's the saying of, we know, when people say that, uh, you know, someone who could win the lottery, but the lottery or the more money doesn't change the person. It really just enhances that personality or enhances that person. If they were always a giving person, they will always most likely be giving as a giver more, just more opportunity to give, um, if they had more money, if they won the lottery. But if you, if someone was always a um, but terrible with money will always be terrible with money, even when they got money. So it's not the money wasn't the issue. It wasn't the, the, the thing. Um, it's mostly because of the personality of that person. Yep. So big difference, I think, between personality and behavior. And there's lots of different finders you can use out there that help you look at what behaviors you have, what behaviors you want to change. And those are things you can change and mm. you can grow. And it's interesting because we were looking at the strengths finder book by Tom Rath and the 2.0 version. And and that really is focusing on your personality. And I don't want people to now have listened to what I've just heard and have a filter and say, Oh, you know, I'm in trouble. Like Mm. I didn't do, I don't like my personality or I'm not where I want to be. And now you're telling me I'm stuck with it. Mm. That's not where I'm going with it. It's, it's being self-aware of what your personality is because everybody has something amazing in their personality. That is basically their superpower. And we've Mm. talked about superpowers Mm. before and it's being switched on enough or doing a test like the strengths finder to get your top four or your top five personality traits. Hmm. Um, did you well, want to say something? Well, yeah, so, well the, there's personalities. Uh, Simon Bowen, uh, I had dinner with in Perth uh, just a couple of days ago. He mentioned something. We were, we were talking about personality, uh, these, these tests, these are self-assessment tests, and there's tons of them that are really valuable and it's helpful. But he made a distinction. I never thought about it from this perspective. He's made a distinction of personality tests versus um, behavioral tests. And so he said that personality tests are helpful when it comes to like knowing yourself, but they're not helpful for you to change because the personality test, it doesn't, you don't change in your personality, you know, because that's who you already are. Those are your superpowers. Those are your strengths. And, but behavioral tests are 
are helpful in a way because those are the things that you actually can change, you know, because, so, so was he not, was he not for personality tests? No, that said, makes it sounds like he didn't think it was that useful to know it. No, no, no. What he's saying though, it depends on what you're taking the test for. If the okay. reason is to help you improve on your, you know, how you're going to change and how you can improve on yourself, taking a personality test only lets you know already what you, you already feel in depth, but you can't change your personality per se, right? You can't change your strengths in a sense. Like, uh, but what can change is from the behavioral perspective. Maybe I'm wrong on what he just said, but yeah. what I do believe is that you can change your behavior. So when you just said that, oh, people might be listening and going, oh, I'm not sure if I, you know, I don't like my personality. No, I don't think you don't like your personality. What I don't, th- what do you think? I think you're saying is you don't like your behavior in certain circumstances, but you have every opportunity to change your behavior though. Okay. Yes. But I think this is what I've found really fascinating about the book because it was talking about if you know what your strengths are, a lot of times in school systems and in movies, what we focus on is what we don't do well at. And we mm-hmm. put a lot of time and a lot of attention into that. And what they're saying is we'd be far better off focusing on what our strengths are because when we are employed by people or work for other people, we're three times more engaged. We're six times more likely to be happy. We're passionate. We're in our flow. And so from that aspect, I think it is really important to do a personality test because knowing those things can allow you to restructure your life. So if you're not happy in your job, maybe after doing this, you'll suddenly find out that, you know what, that's not my superpower being an accountant. You can then start taking the steps you need to take to start going into the areas that are your superpowers that are going to make you happy, that are going to make you more engaged, that are going to make you more efficient in where you are in life. Mm. Because what what happens is that when you focus on your superpowers, you, but, but you know what, actually thinking about going back on superpowers, most people are, may not know what their superpower is or they deny it. Like, it's almost like, oh, that can't be, that can't be me because they think that everybody has those strengths. But when you own your superpower, you realize that you're, you're very, you're rare, you're rare. Like, it's not, not that everybody has this. Everybody else has other strengths that they can lean on. But oftentimes, once you start to recognize though, your superpowers, then you can actually take full advantage of that and go after things that you are really great at. And it comes easier to you. But most of us are afraid. I am afraid. Like, I mean, you know, certain circumstances, I'm afraid to lean into what's my strength and what's my ability. And I've been looking uh, for a long time now to try to gain perspective to get, that's why I've been diving into a lot of these um, assessments or just even perspective from a lot of my friends and colleagues, because I want to gain perspective of how people perceive me, how people see me, because I don't, sometimes you don't, you're so close to yourself that you don't even recognize your own strengths. See, for me as well, it's so, when I start reading all these things, I think so much about our children Hmm. because how amazing would it be for them if we could figure out what their superpowers are now to really nurture them and grow them in those areas so that they're going to grow up to be engaging, passionate people that are on the right track Mm -hmm. to start with. And I know that's life. Life is about taking right turns, wrong turns and learning. And obviously they do have to learn, but I would like, I would just really rather focus on those things. And when I was listening to one of the podcasts, I was listening to, um, to one about Barbara Corcoran. I think that's how you say her name. I think she's on Shark Tank in the States right now, but she was like the queen of real estate. And 
there was something really important that she said when she was a kid. She used to go to a school that had nuns and she, she self admits she wasn't very good at school. She wasn't, didn't really fit into the education framework. And the nuns used to tell her basically that she was stupid. Mm. You know, you're not going to amount to anything. You're not going to go anywhere. Like what a horrible label to put on somebody just because they're not school smart or book smart doesn't mean they won't amount to anything. And I loved what she said that her mom said. Her mom never focused on the negatives. And this is what the strengths finder is. It's focusing on your positives, what's possible for you to become. And when she came home after this devastating conversation, this nun had said to her, um, had had with her, her mother said to her, well, you know what, darling, you have an amazing imagination. And with an imagination like that, you can do anything. Hmm. And she always took that with her. And when you listen to her life story, when other companies were going bankrupt, when she didn't know, you know, when financial times were hitting hard and she didn't even know an industry she was going into, she used this amazing imagination to think outside the box, to create scenarios that nobody else thought of that not only kept her in the game when everybody else was going out of business, but that made her the very wealthy real estate mogul that she was. Mm. Well, oftentimes it's a, it's a, it is a, you know, having a, a sort of a, I guess, a blueprint of what your kids are going to be like will be awesome. However, it does create, um, I think that the, the, the other side of it is that we may not let our kids explore some of their strengths. That, that's the hidden side of it, right? Is that we want to make sure that we able to put them in situations where they can start to explore all the possibilities to develop their strengths. Because sometimes it's, um, we might not see it you know, given by our constraints, our own constraints. And that's a downfall. I, I worry about that personally is because, you know, I live, you know, I live my life, you live your life, but we are very, you know, very similar type of lifestyle, which means that the kids are going to grow up in that type of realm. And they might be hidden strengths that they might not get to discover because they're kind of constrained by our experiences. And so it's, I think it's really important for us to kind of expose the kids to as much life experience as possible and variety of things, because they never, you never know where they can develop a passion for something um, unless we actually put them in those situations and we can't do it perfectly. And let's face it, there's too many opportunities, yeah. too many, um, you know, uh, too many, I guess, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but oh, too many abilities to, or, and then so many options, options, probably the best word. And we're time for in a lot of things, but I think it, just being cognizant, like to give an example, Kai is an amazing writer and she's an amazing musician on top of some of her other traits. If there was something that she was struggling at, it would be so easy when she came home from school to, for me as a mom to say, okay, yeah, yeah, you're good at that. You're good at writing. Okay. Don't focus on that. What you need to focus on right now is this and spend a lot of time working on that. Whereas I think from what I'm getting from this, obviously you have to not, to, you have to focus on those downfalls a little bit. You need but to manage I, your weaknesses. You need to manage like your you weaknesses, manage. but you know, put a lot more emphasis and time and now seeing things like that, maybe start enrolling her in more opportunities and stuff to explore that and see, does that pan out? And if it doesn't pan out, oh, well move on to something else. And I think that's the, the, you know, that's the best thing a teacher can do for anybody, right? I mean, the, the best thing that the teacher can do is to be able to recognize each individual student and seeing what their superpowers are, what their strengths are, and lean into that and encourage a child to do that. I mean, unfortunately, not all teachers are like that. Well, I don't think we can just put it onto teachers. So. No, no, no. But that's, I mean, yeah, no, but I think and moving I, towards this yes, is very parents, generalized. Yes. I think a lot of the times parents think, well, why didn't the teacher pick up on this? Why didn't the teacher tell me this? At the end of the day, they're your kids. Yeah. Fair okay. Call. So it lands on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. That's more of a next step is the teachers. And then the parents also have to make sure that they, they create that because really at the end of the day is that you can't, yeah, you're absolutely right. We can't rely on the teachers to be able to do this. This is your yeah. child is your, you got to take the self responsibility and have the self awareness for your kids to develop and help them hone in on their strengths. And that's the hard thing. Cause I don't think there's an assessment for kids. No, I, I was just, I was looking oh, on the internet aware. yesterday, yeah. trying, I think maybe when they get up to like 10 or 13, there possibly is. And it would probably be very hard because how do you ask a five-year-old to answer some of these well, questions? Yeah, conceptually, uh, conceptually, they probably wouldn't understand it. But I think as a parent, you have this intuition about it. You mm-hmm. have an intuition on observe observation. You observe how they behave. You observe how they sort of function and how they interact with others. You start to get an understanding. But I think the only way you can do that though, is have a self-awareness of yourself. Right now, not to say that they are going to be like you and chances are they're not going to be like you, right? Chances are they're going to be, you know, polar opposites of you or have strengths that you don't have, but what you, but in order for you to know and recognize the stuff in your child is, I think it's really important to be having the self-awareness of what your superpowers are and also the other areas that you may be missing so that not for you to improve on those, but to know, recognize that maybe that's what your child has. But there's no way you can recognize that in your child if you don't have that yourself. That self-awareness. Now, I got to do this test for free. I think there's about 34 themes. How did I get to do it for free? That's because I paid for it. <laughs> it's free. Oh, yeah. So you paid for it. Okay. So everybody else has to pay for it as well. How does somebody go about, like if they're listening to this going, okay, I want to do the Strengths Finder because it was... It's pretty fast. I think it was what twenty minutes was it or was it thirty? Oh, it was about twenty thirty. I would say give yourself at least thirty minutes. And but they, it's time pressured. It's time pressured because they don't give you very long for each question. It's kind of an either or. You get two questions, an either or, and you've got a few seconds to think about it. And if you don't respond within those few seconds, bam, yeah. that question's gone. You yeah. don't get. To they don't want you to again. overthink it because it's when we overthink it, we think what would be the nicer thing to say about ourselves or the more flattering thing. And so you really, you've got to just set aside yeah, half an hour uninterrupted time and just go with your gut instinct and not kind of self monitor what you're putting, yeah. putting through it. But then you come up with like five things and then you can read the book and get some insights into you, which can help you grow in the directions mm-hmm. you need. So how do, where do people go? Oh, uh, you can buy the book. The book, this? the book gives you uh, what's called strength finder 2.0 um, by Tom Rath uh, in the book itself gives you a, a code that you can actually, you know, utilize uh to um to to actually have the strength finder test or you can actually just look up strength finder 2.0 uh it's done by the gallup uh it's done by a company called gallup which collects data and they do research on personalities and, and testing so it's a really great way but it's not the only thing like it's one of those things that it's you know you do your strength finder then the other ones i really highly suggest is something called the kobe uh, index the kobe index k-o-l-b-y the kobe index i think it's kobe a i think i can't remember this i don't have a b and c but you the one you do is that that actually looks at may more behavior and how you action things uh, where per, a strength finder usually looks at what your superpowers are, uh, where they Colby looks at sort of how you behave and how you um, typically you know, perform things in so for situations me, in situations. Yeah. yeah. So for, for me, like if I, like one of the things that, you know, the numbers like three, three, nine, three, so, or three, three, nine, four or something. So what that means is one of them, for example, I'm a three is that I, if I look at a piece of any information, like say a research paper, I, I don't want to know the details. Like I really don't like the details. I won't read the whole thing. <laughs> That's not good. That's I will read the summary. 
right? I just like read the summary. I'm just trying to, I want to just get the quick hit data. Um, my nine is, you know, for memory is the quick start. So, which means I'm a nine out of 10 when it comes to quick start, you give me something, or if I come up with an idea, I will actually action. If I want to start a podcast on something, I will action it right away, typically. But the, the downfall of that is I'm a terrible follow through. See, I think that's when people are listening to stuff like this. They think, well, I don't want to pay the money for that. And I, was it very expensive? Uh, I can't remember. Like it's 20, less than 20, like, 30 dollars. Maybe like oh, it could be 50. It could be it's less than hundred. I, I don't okay. really know. So I, I, my point is, is that I think some people might say, well, that just kind of gives me general information. It's, I'm going to walk away with it going, oh yeah, great. I'm a, a great organizer. I'm a great listener. I'm a, well, I know those things. There's a difference between knowing mm. and actually being so self-aware that you use that to your advantage to know when it hinders you and when it moves you forward and how you can use that as a catalyst. And there's some great tools, I think, that come along with these things to support that, that when you become that bit more self-aware and focused on when you're doing these activities and you can avoid ones that don't really cater to you and, and just be a bit more switched on. Like I know personally for myself now, I'm being okay with saying no to certain things that I normally would have said yes to because that's maybe my personality trait to want to please people. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that, that happens. Like, for example, like knowing your strengths, you also again get to look at your, um, what your blind sides are, like what your blind spots are, because just have, just because you got a strength. Oh yeah. I hate strength. But there's also things that, you know, because you're like that, for example, I'm people a, could take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. So like, I am very, like a, I'm a quick start. So which means that I can move things action quickly, but my downside, if I don't watch out carefully is that I don't follow through on projects. I don't right. finish. Projects. So being self-aware that you can now manage that to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have a system in place or strategy in place or be held accountable by someone to ensure that I do this. And that's what I mean. It gives you that more holistic rounded view that if you you can then take action steps to make, um, what am I saying with this? You can take action steps to build around those. You're throwing well, me off because you're opening up your computer and I totally lost my, <laughs> my train of thought, Lawrence. What have you done to me? Well, the thing is, uh, I, I really like the fact of um, a friend of mine, Elisa Ferguson, you could look her up, 1000 Watt Life. Um, she, you know, she came in from Canada. She's from Canada and she came over and spoke, uh, at my you know, client event. And she basically has, is working on some collection of data where she's actually taking multiple, um, multiple person, these assessments and putting them into one spreadsheet that allows you to actually get a really good idea on, on who you are. Because oftentimes these assessments, the explanation of it sometimes can be quite uh, wordy and it's hard to understand it. So she's actually simplifying it and she's working on that right now. So, you know, check her out. 1000 Watt Life, Lisa Ferguson. Uh, she's fantastic. And I think one of the things is that knowing, having that self-awareness uh, of yourself um, can be, have that allows you to just look at your life and where you function the best. And then also knowing how to protect your blind sides. I think that's what's really important. We talked about on the last podcast, making the time for yourself to focus on these types of things. And I'm, for those of you who are listening and listen to the last podcast, did you do it? Hopefully you did. I, I did it this week. This was the first week I was going to start it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to wait till school holidays are over. I'm going to set myself up for success. And I put it, um, programmed it into my phone for one hour every Tuesday at a certain time. And I'll tell you what, yesterday came for my one hour and, oh, I didn't want to do it. Mm. I really didn't because I was like, I do not have time for this. I have so many things to do. I don't have time to sit here for an hour just to expand my knowledge. I'll do it later. Yeah. And I came so close to doing that. I had to bake your birthday cake. Mm. I was I so proud of you for taking that time <laughs> yesterday because it's, it's such an important thing and then we don't do it for ourselves. I mean, I can tell you what to do, but you not, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you don't like to listen, but you know, at the same time, like when you actually go and do it for yourself, spend that 
you know, hour, two hours, whatever, a day, two days, whatever you need to kind of just focus on yourself. What happens is you actually spend some time to recognize that you need to refuel you. You need to change, you know, not change you, but really to kind of reflect on the directions of your life, what you, what matters to you most, um, what's annoying you, all those things kind of come up and then allow you to move forward from there. It, it was, yeah, it was hard to do it. And it was also hard not to waste that time and quickly Google other things that I suddenly, it's funny, I suddenly felt like I had the need to Google all these types of things because I thought I've got an hour to look into these things I want to look into. And I had to be so hard on myself and go, nope, you're not going to do it. I know you got to bake a birthday cake and do 10 million other things, but no, nope, you're going to do this. And by the end of the hour, actually, it felt, it felt really good. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't give in to myself and that I pushed forward and that I did those things. Well, I think that's, it's like, you know, going back to the conversations of managing your weaknesses and focusing on strengths is that, you know, sometimes like those things can be hard. Like for some people might be going to, going to work out and it's like a tough thing to go work out. And so like for me, I know working out is a tough thing for me to go. I don't like going work to go work out. And I know it's challenging, but I know what I don't like about it. I, what I don't like about it is that I don't like having to create a program for myself. If I, especially like if I have to think of what to work out, like what to do, um, I don't like go working on my own. Cause I know that I'd never push myself as hard as I could. Cause I'm just, you know, I just, I just don't. And so what I'd have to design really to hack that is to ensure that I show up at a certain time, like force myself to wake up early in the morning, go to a group session. And so that I can actually have other people there working out with me, challenging me, and also then not having to think, which means like every workout is all designed for me. Every day is going to be different. There's got to be variety. It can't be the same. I've been in this CrossFit gym for, you know, for two and a half years now, and not I've never done a single workout exactly the same. Every day has been different in two and a half years. And that's what I love. I love variety. And that's the percent. So you need to know your strengths where you in, apply that into your life so that in the same thing with anything you do, if you find it really tough to be disciplined to kind of, you know, find time for yourself or going to work out, then you need to just make it so easy. Like the reason why I do it for first thing in the morning is that it's harder to resist the first thing in the morning than it is at nine. Like you see but that, but I'm, I'm going to cut right now okay. into your conversation, <laughs> but that's because you're self-aware. All yes. those, all those things you're saying is you've reflected and realized, how am I going to be successful in this? And this is all my weaknesses and all the places where I would say, nope, can't do it. It's too mm -hmm. hard, too much. And you've, you've been self aware and reflective enough to know this is a system I need to put into place to work for me, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Is, is, has having taken the time to look at why you have failed something so many times? Like mm -hmm. I've been working on probably for. I don't know, let's say 20 somewhat years, right? So tw probably 23, 24 years since I was like 17 or 18 years old. Um, but the thing is I recognize when I've started and how I feel, I probably have started exercising and stopped exercising for at least 25 times. <laughs> like, I mean, like over the years, you know, I would start for a little while, you know, get momentum, but I had never consistently worked out for two and a half years ever like consistently. And, uh, and that's for me, but you're right. Is it's having the reflection going, what hasn't worked? Why what, did it what, stop? Like, last when time? did it stop last time? You know, how do I get around that? But it's making it, it, it actually going through the review process and then applying that into the future. Do you think really quickly in five minutes, we can talk about successful people? <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you like, think we can do the conversation? Well, I'm just thinking, um, a lot of the podcasts I have been listening to as well, when they talk about people who are successful, and this is my takeaway thoughts on it. They were always people who were, had high levels of perseverance. They did not give up. They were tenacious. They happened to be in the right place at the right time and were very aware of a light bulb moment that would be perfect at that time. 
they could be lucky, I guess you could say, that they were there at the right time and they happened to notice it. And some of them just made their own luck on it as well. Mm -hmm. And so then I think about all these things and think, well, were these people actually using their strengths? Were they using their talents? And that's why they were successful? Or was it just all those other things? They just was their personality, be tenacious and not give up and be little bulldogs and just keep going when everybody else would have said no. Well, no, I think those are their strengths, right? If someone's tenacious and has that ability to grind through things, I think that is a strength, right? They're not not everybody has that grit to be able to go through it. Um, you no, know, we talked about luck. Luck is what you make of it. Like luck. See, most every successful person that I've come across, like, come across and listened to, um, have always attributed that there's some form of luck. Right. There's got to be some form of luck. And, and it's right. Like, you know, Steve Jobs was successful because he was born. He, you know, he became Steve Jobs because of the time he was born, like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were born in just in the era, just when computer was just about to start. You know, that we can take a lot of different opportunities where, you know, uh, I think the person with uh, Airbnb started Airbnb was this one moment where he, he was trying to figure out how to make money. He created this um, Obama crunch, like using Captain Crunch cereal and made it Obama because it was like Obama, uh, you know, when it was during, during the, campaign. the election and campaign. And, and he made some money by basically repurposing, you know, Captain Crunch into Obama Crunch and, you know, made some thousands of dollars. And he went to a um, uh, sort of an accelerator group and asked for them to kind of be part of this group. And then he said, oh, no, it, you know, you know, Airbnb doesn't work. And then he happened to have an Obama Crunch in the car. And he decided to go back into it because, oh, by the way, here's a box of Obama Crunch. And that guy said, you created this. You made money from this. And he realized that the tenacity of this person and go, okay, you're in. And that's how Airbnb became about. Like that was a pure luck to have that box, but it wasn't pure luck because that was the lucky part, but he had to do the work. But it's doing the work, isn't it? It's um, the guy that did Instacart was the same thing. He needed to get some money to get Instacart working. And there was a grant or a group that was giving money and he'd missed it for that year. And he actually put in his paperwork late and they still came back and said, no, you missed it. And he, most people would have given up then. And what he actually did was he went on Instacart, ordered a six pack of beer and had it sent to the guy. And I think within less than 24 hours, the guy called him up and was like, why have you sent me beer? And he's like, I want to show you my product. And he was, they brought him in immediately. He got the money immediately that they had just 24 hours ago said, we're not giving it to you. Yeah. So they created the luck. They Does that make sense? It. So yeah. it's like they had to do, you have to do the work. And the oftentimes is that we're waiting for the opportunity. We're waiting for the lucky break for it to happen. The lucky break doesn't come. Like you had to do some work and the, because you actually been training and training and training, all of a sudden the opportunity now knocks and that time is available. So it's like, you well, know, someone wants to, able to see some, it. just say someone wants to buy a house, right? Like, Oh, you know what? I'll time the market. I'll wait until the market is right. But then the problem is, is that, you know, when the market is right, you might not have actually saved enough money to actually even put the down the deposit down. Like you have to create the deposit, save that money. And then so that when the time or the quote unquote time or the luck is, is available, then you can actually execute on that luck. I like that. I like creating that. Yeah. Thank very you. Good, very good. Appreciate I appreciate that on your birthday. Yeah, I like, I like it. It was a good point. That you <laughs> Maybe we just end it right there. Yeah. Well, no, I think this, it's, as we're going to sum it up, it's yeah. getting beyond that surface level, finding out, looking deeper and understanding that as your strengths and as your weaknesses, and then how you can orchestrate that into mm -hmm. having the amazing life you want to have. That's full of passion that allows you to be engaged or also allows your staff that you may be hiring or working for you, that they're a good fit and that you're they're able to contribute to your ideas and your growth in the best possible way. And the same with your children. Well, exactly. And I think that one of the whole key thing here is really about, I think we've been talking a lot about is self-awareness. 
being really, really aware of yourself, which then allows you to be the best version of yourself and everybody around you, your kids, the friends that you have, the circles that you go into will better appreciate and actually better see the true you. When we're more aligned with ourselves, then all of a sudden we, it brings the best version of ourselves. So are you in the strengths zone? Yeah. Yeah. Develop your strengths, find your strengths, uh, find your superpowers because we all have it. Don't, you know, don't deny it and just allow you to flow into that state. So I hope that you enjoyed this pretty good podcast. Go to facebook.com, go to inside champions, mind, like it comments below. Um, go to the wellness couch, obviously subscribe to us on iTunes really, really helps us by subscribing and making sure that you share this podcast with other people who you believe will get a lot of value and show them how to download a podcast, show them how you listen to it and get them to listen to one episode that you feel that that is right for them. So this has been Inside the Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do in life, love, and legacy. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Karen. We'll see you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.